Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel, and this is a show where we get to have, what do we do? We, talk, we get to talk, we get to have fun. I don't. What do I usually say there? I'm totally blanking. This is Michael Raziel for the Love of Sports show where we get to talk. We get to talk sports. We get to talk business. We get to talk everything in between. I've only done that 300 times. First time I've ever blanked. You know what to do. Five star review, like and subscribe. Blah 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 blah. I've already wasted enough of your time. More importantly. I got Charlie Ruiz here today. He's a former professional baseball player with the Rockies, performance and athletic transition coach. Charlie, how you doing today, man? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Excited about the upcoming conversation. It should be fun. Your 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 incredible smile. It got me all I don't I don't know, man. I'm feeling all fuzzy in the head right now. I couldn't remember how I've started every single show for the last, I don't know, four years. So um yeah, hopefully I remember it next time. Charlie, very excited to talk about you, talk to you about you, about your career, about athletes, about being an athlete, what you do after you're done with your career. But more importantly, Charlie, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, let's see if I remember it, why do you love sports so much? I think of the people. I think of the team. I think the team, the people... And now that you've asked me, I think about the the history. It's nostalgic for me. I think that's what I like more about sports than anything is that I think of conversations with my with my dad and with my uncle and I think it's nostalgic more than anything for me. That's interesting. I've never gotten nostalgia as an answer before. Oh. Yeah, Boy, I think I-, I think that when I when I do think about it, there is of course the competition, right? Any There's the competition. Yes, there's being on the mound. There's nothing like that. And then I think about how many other people have done it and like where they came from and their stories. And then I think of some of my favorite part of being an athlete was like those relationships built over the years. And then now here we are, right? There's still just so much history behind it. I just started watching The Captain and all I'm thinking about is I remember being a kid watching this happen. I remember all that stuff too. I'm a big Mets fan, not not very much a Yankee fan, but uh over Sorry. the time, you know, my my emotions have quelled and my respect and understanding of the game has risen, so obviously can very much appreciate everything Derek Jeter did. I I do think it's really interesting though. You, you talk about stories, right? Your uncle, your dad telling stories, having fun, speaking, really having those conversations. And one thing that we've seen about baseball players in particular is in my opinion, they have the best personalities. They have the best personalities. They have the best storytelling ability, right? You get a guy out in the bullpen. He only pitches an inning every two days, dude, and he's sitting out there, and what are they doing the whole time? Chatting, telling stories, having fun, BSing. I think baseball players are so underappreciated in that sense that that there's so much. A guy goes to first base, Freddie Freeman, again, Mets fan hate the Braves he's incredible that dude is incredible you put him on a mic he is amazing any first baseman they talk constantly is that is that something that you found in your baseball career that just like there's just something about baseball players that just the the conversing as you said the storytelling is just second to none again something I hadn't thought about but especially being a pitcher I mean there's a lot of downtime especially when you're closer even more downtime but I think that the the running joke with baseball is it's pretty boring sport unless you have the ball in your hand it's a very long day long game so like why not fill that that time up with story uh, and with with talking in the bullpen or in the dugout or before or during bp there's nothing like bp bp conversation i mean that's that's where the gold is 
I can only imagine. I'm not lucky enough to know, but I uh, and we don't have to get into too many specifics because you know want to keep the show on the air, right? But sure. um, no, I'm sure I'm sure you had some great times out there. So tell me a little bit. I mean, you had the opportunity to play professional baseball. If you could go back in time, say 18 year old Charlie, hey, you might not make it to the major leagues, but damn man, you're going to receive a check because you played a game that you love. What would 18 year old Charlie say to you? Soak it in even more. I tell myself to write it more, actually. This came up, write about what I'm thinking about, the conversations that I'm having, like what emotions that I'm feeling during it, because it goes by so fast. And I think I would have just been able to tell tell that 18-year-old kid, like, hey, soak it in a little bit more. Like, yes, try and make the league, that's the goal. But also, like, embrace the moment and recognize how freaking awesome this is. Because I, I do think I was I was one side you know one one sided as most of us are. Yeah, and I was going to say, how difficult is it, right? You have this utmost goal. You have this north star that you're, and you know you're an athlete. So everything that you're going to do, you're going to put, especially if you're a dedicated, an extremely dedicated athlete, you're going to put every fiber in your being to say, I'm getting to, I'm doing this, and you're going to put your head down, and you're going to every single day, you're going to do whatever it takes. It's kind of hard to soak anything in at that point, right? Yes, I mean it, it is. It is because you are right north star to your point, and that's why I think I would have wished I would have been just writing a little bit more about it. I think a kid asked me the other day, you know, what would you have told your twenty year old self? And I was like, well, I wish I would have told him to write a little bit so I could have a better answer for you now. <laughs> and I mean it in all of the ways. All of the ways, the teammates, the conversations, the coaches, the lessons, the lessons that you get every day on the baseball field, how that translates into all that is life after baseball. It's, I wish I would have been writing it down a little bit more to help me embrace the moment. Because it is, it is difficult for athletes, right? And, you know, obviously you being an athlete transition coach, we're going to get to that in a little bit, exactly what that means, what you do and how you help athletes. But it just has to be so hard, right? You know, again, you're a young kid. You have this opportunity. You start making, eh, it's a couple dollars. But it's still, how cool is it? You're making dollars playing the game that you love. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of over. And I guess I'm kind of curious, like, what what is that aspect like? I mean, I've talked to athletes on the full spectrum of saying, hey, I knew I was done. I was excited to be like, this is my last pitch, and I cannot wait. I loved every second of it, but I'm good. And I've talked to other athletes that said, I got hurt. I couldn't play anymore. And the, the worst one is, sorry, you're not good enough. So I guess I'm kind of curious. Do you fall into one of those three buckets or is there another one that I might be missing? No, I, I do. I fall into the got hurt, almost forced, forced, forced retirement. But it was a bit of a slow burn uh, is the way I kind of describe it, where you're kind of on your high doing, having a lot of success, like climbing the ranks, you know, as, as you will to then get hurt, but then not have it be figured out right away and to spend six months and then an off season and another six months in season rehabbing and not quite getting better to then have surgery and then rehab two years. I mean, it was almost like a two and a half, three year start to finish of where my career was, where I wasn't playing, but I was still a professional athlete. So it was a slow burn before the reality really sunk in. Did it help to be around the team you, you brought up before how much that the, the players meant and you know kind of having that camaraderie was it was it more helpful to be around them not being able to play or do you think it would have been better and or worse if you were kind of stuck on an island just rehabbing again keeping that north star 
but almost being out there by yourself? I think it was in hindsight. I think it was nice to be be there for short periods of time, right? I think the the six months or the three months did help because there was that constant push. But I will say again, something I hadn't thought about was what I preferred to be home. I mean, and I love being home with my friends and or my family. I just don't know what would have been what would have been better because it was hard. It was really hard, especially when you have four holes in your in your shoulder and you happen to be a Giants fan and then they happen to it happens to be 2010 and you're like well I, I better watch some of these games because they're kind of good uh, if it wasn't for that I probably would have just not looked at baseball the whole time I was rehabbing to be honest why it's painful <laughs> when you think about like chasing something for 15 15 20 years and then and then getting a taste like truly getting a taste I wasn't a first round pick. I was, you know, 10th round pick. So I had, I had a little juice in me, but I was doing well, right? Things, I was having conversations with the coaches. Things were moving exactly how I never thought they would have been moving. Like, this is happening. And then to have it just kind of swept away from you, I think I had to sit with it and I never really got a chance to until later, until later. Mm-hmm. But it was painful. It's painful to sit with it. I legitimately do not know what that's like and obviously we'll never know what that's like but um i guess looking back you have to at least be grateful that you were there right 100 percent. i mean i i wouldn't have it any other way as far as like being able to sit and recognize like where i was at. it was something i never i mean i dreamed of i was a junior college kid right i didn't have a big d1 scholarship i wasn't a very big big player I mean, I put six, one and a half, right? Like, because I had cleats on, it was kind of a joke. Like, I wasn't, I didn't have all of the tools. I just had more of this, like, I'm going to continue to work and grind, and I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And then when you do find a way, and then it gets pulled out, that's where it's, I'm still just grateful for it. Because it was something I never thought I would have ever even touched. And I got a taste. Hey man, you you're top one percent of the top one percent. Let's be honest about that. Like it's 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 insane. It's ridiculous. Uh, and I'm sure the more time goes on, the more grateful you are for it. I'm sure right after the fact, you you know, kind of better to have loved than lost, right? I you know, every time after a breakup, someone's always like, it's better to have loved than lost than never loved at all. You're like, no way, it's not. I would have much rather not. And then you realize, you know, slowly getting over that initial shock, that initial disappointment. You're like, actually, no, I am kind of happy that we had those memories, that time together, that thing. You could be grateful for it. Um, So I assume you kind of fall in that bucket. And you brought something up, the life lessons, right? The life lessons that you learn on a baseball field, but probably the life lessons that over those those two and a half years, resiliency, discipline, you know, I'm sure. What are are some of the things that you were able to learn throughout your career specifically and also obviously during during the unfortunate um, rehabbing stint? What were you able to learn about yourself that you can see within yourself now man, i mean how much time do we got michael uh, uh, about about uh, <laughs> another 50 ish minutes so you, you let me know no uh man the lessons that kind of come to mind first off uh is uh, probably the first one i mean truly as cliche as it sounds is belief like i'm all about belief i'm all man, about it. like i didn't realize it right it was more of just like oh i'm just doing the thing right i'm i'm playing the game i'm having fun right i've grown up playing but then you hit this point where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I can do this. 
can I get, can I get a scholarship out of it? No. Okay. Junior college. And it was almost like this chip that then became like, I didn't know if I did have belief in myself. And then once I got it, probably my summer playing baseball in Alaska, maybe a little bit before that, my, my second year of junior college, where like you're out on the mound and you have all of the, all of the people kind of around you. It's a playoff game or whatever it may be. And like you have the ball, you're the closer and there's no, nothing else. You are the last dance. I think that start that belief started that second year of junior college. And once I got to Alaska, I was one of two or three junior college kids in the entire league. And you're facing right the the Paul Goldschmidt's, the uh, these these MLB superstars, and you're like, no, I'm I'm getting some guys out. I could do this. That's when it all clicked in for me. So I mean, figure it took 20, 20 years or so before I was like, oh, you got this. <laughs> Got yeah, man. It. It, it takes people much longer than 20 years to start believing in themselves, which is uh, uh, it's an unfortunate fact, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll call it that. I'm a true believer in belief, if I may. A little, little, little tongue twister there, but wow. definitely am a believer in belief. It's something that you have to have within. You have, you have to believe you believe, too. You could say it all you want, yeah. but it's easy to lie to yourself. Everyone does it all the time. It's really not that difficult. Um, I guess what comes first, though? Like the belief in yourself or the actual seeing it happen right sometimes you know you have to see to believe sometimes but i do believe there's an opportunity man a lot of beliefs in this one sorry man guys. no you're good keep, i keep, think keep you rolling. know what i'm trying to say right like it, is do you have to do you have to see it first to believe it or do you think that there's a way to manifest that within yourself so that way you can almost believe before it actually happens yeah there's a there's a lot there i'm gonna go ahead and say there's almost like manifesting it by doing so there's and then, and then through that, it's like, no, I've, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm seeing some of it. It's almost like both, I guess, is where I would go. It's like hand in hand. Because as I show up every day, I'm, I believe that I can do it, and I still have to show up. So I have to manifest it via my actions, my steps, me being present. And then by me showing up every day, putting the effort in, doing everything I need to do at practice, now I'm creating this like confidence and this confidence that now I'm on the mound, with the ball in my hand, it's like, hey, I've been here before. And I believe I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing every single day. So I see it as kind of a hand-in-hand for me. I like that. That's a, that's pretty interesting, right? It's not really a, quite a chicken or the egg. It's a chicken and the egg. They both came yeah. first. Now everyone's yeah. happy. Like, I think that's really important. And I do, again, like that is, that is something I subscribe to on a daily basis. Uh, it's something, you know, I read my goals every day. I read my declarations every single day to make sure that we're in the right mind space, we're in the right headset, and we're able to do what we need to do. Because, hey, if I've never seen it before, I'm still confident that it, that's fine. I'll be able to crush it like I've been able to crush everything else prior to it. That's not the problem. It's, yeah. you know, it might take me a little longer, might, you know, have to figure it out along the way, but we will figure it out. And I think that's the important part. We will. So, yeah, definitely on the belief, I think that stands. And then, I mean, of course, there's like the mental skills foundation that I didn't realize was, which I'm sure we can get into that in a bit. But I think in addition to the belief, it's also the sport, like how, how competitive it is. Just the realization that like, truly it's a blessing to be able to even play. Like I get to show up and I get to do this every day. Like I get to get to. Like, I get to do it. You hear that now in work. Like, I get to go to work. But, like, I, I was able to go on a baseball diamond for, those, for that many years, even though I was making pennies, and I got to play? Like, come on. Even though, like, you were making money. Like, 
That's sure. so cool. <laughs> like, even though, what do you mean? Like, they paid you dollars to play a yeah. baseball game. Like, that's incredible, man. You know how many people would sign up for that? You know how many people would pay to play baseball, right? Like, I, yeah. I'm in a beer league <laughs> softball team. Like, I pay to go. be able to do that. Like, that's like, how cool is that, man? Yeah. No, yeah. So I think belief and being able to, to, to be present with, with the moment every, because they, you didn't know, right? It was like, all right, I'm going to show up and be present. I don't know what's going to happen. I could throw a pitch and it can be over. Mm-hmm. So like sit with this moment, show up and I think be present in everything I'm doing, which was practice, which were those long days, which was BP. Like I'm here. I'm not thinking about anything else. I have to be present with what I'm doing if I'm going to be successful at this. And that's something I keep tried and chew with me in every, every stage of my life. Now as a father, right, as a husband, as a professional, be present right where my feet are every single day. That's what you got to do, man. Self, you know, awareness to your situations around you, being adaptable, understanding how to do all those things mm-hmm. when things come up. Like 100%, man. Subscribe yeah. to a lot of this stuff. I think it's awesome. And and so, you know, uh, uh, spend a little bit of time here on your baseball career. And obviously, sure. it's, yeah. it's an extremely important part of what you're doing, right? Like, that's why it's so cool that you're now, you know, what you're doing now. And I think one other thing that comes with baseball that, you know, a lot of people call it boring. Baseball is my favorite sport. I'm actually, I kind of keep looking over to my phone. The Mets are playing the Dodgers right now. So the Mets were winning when I went upstairs. Eh, it looks like we're still going to win that game, but we'll see what happens. It's baseball, Susan. Um, but, like, I think one thing about baseball, too, is the grind, right? So many people think it's boring. So many people think, oh, it's, they, they barely do anything. What are you talking about? Like, how can someone like Daniel Vogelbach be a baseball player? It's like, but there's a grind involved, right? Like, maybe it's not the most strenuous activity, but it's 162. Yeah, you only get a couple off days. You're you're out there on your feet three, three and a half hours, four hours sometimes within. You're in the sun. You're in the shade. You're going all over the place. Like, it's the grind factor. And those little injuries become big injuries because you keep working them. And I think with that, like, I want to kind of segue there into your post-baseball career because the grind, being present, belief like what we've seen in athletes and, and what i've seen personally and speaking with so many of them is usually after athletes careers are over they go into some sort of sales like whatever that kind of sales is they're in some sort of sales now i mean i have my theories and i've been told certain things but i want to hear it right from you you got into business development after mm-hmm. your baseball career use some of those life lessons what is it about athletes and sales and business development like what is it that makes athletes so great at that aspect of business? Consistency, the resilience piece, especially in business development. And I, I joke about this often. You're an athlete. You should get into sales or you should go into medical device sales or you should go work for enterprise rent-a-car. Medical like, device sales. Hear that all the time. Right? And there's a lot of my friends that are absolutely crushing it in medical devices, but it's this... I think it's this notion of, well, you're a competitor. You want to make a lot of money. Salespeople make a lot of money. It's the most competitive industry that you can be in. Like, why would you not do it? And most athletes do exactly that. I was one of them. I'll get right into sales. I got it. I'll figure it out. And how, like, did you crush it? How was it? Like, I mean, because sales is a grind. I was in sales, man. Sales is a grind. Anyone that says they love sales, like, I think either they have a screw loose or they're lying to me. Like, like you like the money. You like yeah. the everything that comes with it. No one likes making 100 phone calls a day and being rejected, not getting 80 picked up and the other 19, there's yeah. someone screaming. Like, let's be honest. Nobody likes that. 
how was it for you? I mean, you were in, you know, business development sales for a long time, it seemed like. Like, what was it for you that, you know, you appreciated and you, you enjoyed so much about it? Maybe an unpopular opinion. As much as I enjoyed, enjoyed the camaraderie, right, the, the, the team, I think it was more about the people than it was actually the actual profession of being in sales, right? So the business development piece, the phone calls, yeah, I didn't enjoy it that much. Sure, there was the nose that you just kind of build and you learn and you kind of figure it out. The sales piece of it was almost third or fourth on my list of what I enjoyed about it. I enjoyed the learning from my teammates. I enjoyed almost this pressure that was given when you do get somebody live. Uh, I enjoyed the end of the quarter when I eventually did have a quarter where I was like managing and having having a bag or having to close. Like that three weeks, there was like this this urgency that I was like, oh, I haven't felt this before. I loved all that. The day-to-day was just a standard that you had to do. I didn't enjoy that, but I knew that it was important. I knew I needed to be consistent. And now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, that was just preparing me for what was coming next. But the actual profession, it was, it was all right, which is probably why I ended up shifting. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And yeah, I think uh, you bring up the point of you know, the, the people that are around you, right? It's probably being around competitive people. It's being around high achievers, right? Like when you're on the baseball field, you're with other people who also have an utmost goal and you're all working towards the same thing. It's kind of, you know, not quite misery loves company, but it's kind of that same mentality. We're like, hey, we're all in this together and we're all trying to get somewhere and kind of at the same time we're competing, right? Because there's only, you know, 26 roster spots in the MLB and, you know, there's 13 pitchers you're you're going up against you know six other dudes that are trying to get one spot right so you're trying to get that one spot so it's kind of that together and against each other so you know iron sharpens iron kind of thing so yeah. I'm sure that was a big piece of it too it was yeah like we're, we're speaking the same language and we're able to push each other in the right ways and for me it was i was still in learn mode right like it was it was fairly new i mean i was it was a startup then it was more of an enterprise which you know, didn't shake out the way I'd wanted to. I kind of call that one of my, my, my fumbles or one of my bad outings, if you will. But I learned a lot from it. And the most important lesson I learned from that short stint was how much I valued the people and the relationships. That's what I put my, put my time into. And that's what I'm starting to see is, again, sales in a sense is like, how can you be intentional and consistent with the conversations you're having? And that's what I learned. Even in my lowest kind of form in my sales sales career, yeah, that was always something. Try and say everything very concisely, very easily, simply. Right, the less words, the better. Now, maybe that's why I wasn't very good at it because I used a lot of words to say something pretty easy. But I kind of think while I talk, so I, that's how I get my ideas out half the time. Um, you you brought up the point of transitioning, right? Maybe it, it, it was all right business development. I think to use your word was all right. Um, so then that's where you have the opportunity to transition into, as you said, what is next. Next mm-hmm. for you on my list of uh, questioning sure. is coaching, getting into coaching. But I know you have kind of a cool story. Uh, when we spoke last time, you, you had like a interesting way of almost falling into it, if I may, or, or realizing it. Like, tell me a little bit about how you found coaching and then realize like, wait a second, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So how do I how do I actually fall into it? I think it was first through kind of informal conversations of like what what else is out there for me while I was in sales, right? Having some success, like what else what else is out there? And through that, 
I then came in contact with someone I met in my previous sales role. I was like, hey, I work for this, 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 this quirky, it was defined as like a quirky communications company. Uh, and they do leadership development, you know, one-on-one coaching. And at that time, I was searching. I was on a baseball field, again, because I was trying to get back into like what I cared about. And I fell into this, this wonderful company, right, S&P Communications, that they did this for a living, right? They, pe- people would hire them to come in and train. And I had no idea this was even a job. Wish someone asked me 10 years prior, hey, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to be in front of people and I want to coach people in a professional manner. And I stumbled into it. Was coaching baseball ever an opportunity? Seems like a what, much <laughs> yeah. easier transition, I'm assuming, uh, right? No, yes. My, so that's actually where it started, the coaching realm uh, that did start there. I remember having a conversation with someone in the Rockies organization about coaching, like official. I was getting ready to. I was like, I'm doing it, the sales thing, I'm done. And I was on the phone getting ready to have conversations about going to Arizona. And I remember the gentleman still to this day said, all right, so you live in the Bay Area. You know, your wife's got a job, right, as a nurse. You're making X amount of money. You've got this flexibility. You like being home with your family. And just laid it out for me. He's like, all right, sell your house. Get ready to make this much money. Get ready to be gone for seven months of the year to not see your family, your little brother, any of your friends. And you might make what you're making now in about eight to 10 years. You want to sign the contract or? No, thank you. <laughs> and it was, it was like a moment that I think a lot of athletes have. It's like, I finished playing my sport. I want to get right into sport. I want to work for an organization. But why? What, what is it about being a coach and working for a sporting organization that speaks to you? And that is what started my whole like, wait a second, what do I want? And then insert this random communication company that popped up that completely changed the way I thought about everything I was doing. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences, uh, personally. <laughs> I, I do not believe in them. I think it's bullshit. Uh, you, uh, it's funny how the universe works sometimes, right? Like As, as you're, you're speaking and having these conversations about coaching, a coaching opportunity comes up just slightly different than the one you were thinking about where you could probably make a couple extra dollars. You could enjoy your flexibility, the time spent with your family, continue living where you're living, right? So it's just funny how, you know, that gentleman in the organization laid it all out. You said, oh, wait, I want to do the coaching, but I don't want anything else that comes with it. And then you're able to find a job that is coaching that has all the things that you want. Eh, It doesn't sound like coincidence to me. I don't know, man. Someone told me the other day, like, listen to the universe and just shut up, Charlie. Because that's where I'm at now. And it, that, was an, that was a moment of it before I even realized. It was like, wait a second. Right? And that was, you know, five, five years ago-ish. And I'm grateful, like forever. Like that gentleman, like you can, after this, I'm going to try and find his email and just send him a quick thank you because it's been a while since I've even thought about that interaction with him. Well, look at that. Fork <laughs> in the road and you took it, man. You yeah. took it. I, think I that's sure did. Point. I went all in too. Love it, man. I love it. So talk to me a little bit about what you're doing, right? Like what, what you were doing with that communication company at first and how you really kind of got into like, how do you, how does someone start coaching? How does someone be certified? Like to, like, I, I don't know how any of this stuff works. I've talked to a bunch of coaches, but I haven't really spoke to someone who most of them, you know, work on their own and do their own thing. Like, how do you start working for a legitimate, okay, that makes it sound like the rest aren't legitimate, but how do you, how do you start working for a communication company that does all this leadership training and coaching and then find yourself 
in the position to actually do the coaching because I feel like they kind of have to get you up to speed first, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's layers to that conversation around coaching, kind of certifications and how it plays out. But at least my story and how it was, was you start and they almost reframe and reshape kind of everything that you think that you know, especially in the communications realm with years, right? 20 years of working in, with founders and startups across Silicon Valley for me, I came from a communications major. I love, you know, public speaking, but I didn't think anything of it. So it was almost like a grueling boot camp for probably three to six months. And for some, that's all it is, right? Here, you go through this training program or you work with a company that trains you. For me, the, the growth and the learning happened. All right, let's put you in front of the room. Have fun. After giving you the content, after going through the rigorous training, the days left and right of going up, practicing your content, it really started to happen when I was in front of people. There is no backup. Again, it's me, ball on the line. No one's coming in to save you. Make it work. That's when it clicked, probably six months into a year of doing it, where I was like, oh, this is it. This, this is it. So not only do you get that same feeling that going mm-hmm. on the mound gave you, you mm-hmm. also get to do something that you really enjoy doing. That's like, I mean, that's a match made in heaven. It sounds like you hit the jackpot, Charlie. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I mean, it, it was, it, it was, I, I say to this day of like, I'm so grateful for what they were able to present and, and work with me on and to find some sort of inkling. There's nothing like game day, nothing like being in there at the end of the game. Well, you can mimic it if you can mimic it in certain ways and that's what i've tried to do and what i try to help others do is like there's something about why you did what you did in sport that you can find again wherever you're at well let's go find it for me it's all right here's the mic here's your presentation you got 40 people 30 people you're teaching them x y and z you never know what you're going to get i think of the, the the dimaggio quote or whoever it michael jordan dimaggio you name it, it's that I'm showing up every single day and laying it all out there because there may be that kid in the stands that this is the only time they ever see me play and they're going to see me going all out. This is my opportunity to do that. I love it. That's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, you're giving me chills already. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hopefully I get to see one of these speeches sometime. So I guess yeah, be fun. Be fun. How, how, um, so you're working for this company. They yep. give you this content. They give you this opportunity. You're starting to get in front of people. At what point do you realize, hey, like I really enjoy this, but I still think there's there's another step. There's like another area that I can get mm-hmm. into. Like where? How does that? Like you're having so much fun. It sounds like. How do? You, when does that start to click? And when does that start to manifest? And when does that start to kind of plant that seed in your brain that hey, you know, there's probably some other stuff that you might like about this industry. Why don't we? start poking around a little bit it was always there i think i had to get the belief again in myself to feel like i can go attack different lanes in performance and i think what happened was after a couple of sessions somebody might look me up on on linkedin and be like oh hey i saw that you had played played baseball with the rockies or you had this background and then i would usually kind of push it aside. I never really talked about it. I never introduced, you would never know I had played unless you had looked at, I mean, you knew me, like it wasn't really on my Instagram, anything, but then they would ask me and they'd ask me like what I've learned and questions like you've asked me today. And I would light up 
They send me a follow-up, like, I want to talk, I want to hear more. And I realized, maybe I should start talking about it a little bit more. Maybe I should acknowledge, like, what I actually was able to achieve on the field and, like, what I've learned and how this can help other people. And then people would come to me and say, yes, you should, and you can. Why did you bury it, essentially? I don't know. I think there was this, 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 my upbringing of like staying humble, I think was part of it. And I think there was this contrast of people that I was around product of my environment, I guess, in certain ways. Not my family directly. My family was my, you know, they were everything are everything, but maybe the environment, there was a lot of what we call them like rah, 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 rah guys, cheerleaders, right? People who would just chirp and talk a lot, but they would never execute. So for me, I was like, I don't need to tell you how, how good I am. I'm going to show you by my work. And I think I just held that with me for so long. I was like, I don't need to tell you. Like, I want you to experience me. And then I just buried the fact that, hey, you did do some pretty damn good, good work. You had a great career. You need to sit and actually acknowledge yourself for it because you didn't at all. And it's probably just the athlete in us. Sometimes we just don't, we don't ever recognize ourselves. So you brought up something earlier that yeah. it took you a really long time to kind of cope with or come to terms with, I guess, your career. Was this one of those moments that helped you finally get to where you needed to be and saying, you know what? Wait, that was that was incredible. Like, why am I not respecting and appreciating everything that I had previously? Was was there was there a specific moment? Was that was this one of those moments that helped you come to grips and and cope with and appreciate your your baseball career understanding wait maybe i should talk about this some more maybe i should let people know what i did and how incredible my experiences and lessons were yeah i think it was i think it was the the combination of not only people asking me about it and then telling me that hey like that can help somebody else right in in the service of like service like to be able to serve and help others to realize that hey the story that i have what i was able to help learn that that can actually help somebody. And in the spirit of coaching, because I was in that world now, I was like, wow, like there can be this, this combination of not only my experience in sport, but what I've learned in tech and to be able to have conversations with people and share some of these lessons. It's like, wow, maybe I do need to talk about it. I mean, this is a version of it. Michael, I mean, being able to talk to you about it is something that is very foreign and new to me. Um, but if it can help people, sign me up. I'm all for it, man. Uh, we have athletes that listen to this show. So if they can understand that there's more people out there like them going through those things, right? Like, I think that's always something athletes kind of, again, like when they start to struggle with things, you know, I, I'm all for mental health, but many athletes just kind of, again, bury that and like, no, I'll, I'll figure it out on my own. I'm strong. I'm, you know, rah, I'm going to do this, right? So actually, it's a lot better if you just talk about it. It makes you feel a million times better. Like, you should probably do that, right? And, you know, I wish... You know, if we could just get one person from this conversation to Probably. reach out to literally anyone, I will not only consider this a fun, enjoyable conversation, but also a successful one, in my opinion. Yeah. Man, powerful, Michael. You know what? Now that you even said that, too, thinking about what was there a moment? I mean, the pandemic was kind of a big one. Um, and thinking through the peak of it, right, raising a daughter and bringing another daughter you know, into this world. I think the reflection piece that we all had really started to say, wait a second, what are you here to do? 
And then I had, you know, as people do, athletes maybe never really talk about, you have a breakdown. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I need. I don't know. I don't know who I am and what I'm doing here. Now, I'm coaching and I am loving that part, but there was so much more to it. I was like, wait a second, there's something else here and I'm not serving myself. And as someone who knows, knows me, my friends and family would say like, yeah, you maybe as a, you know, recovering people pleaser, if you will, I serve always. The biggest moment I had was probably a year and a half ago, two years in the middle of the pandemic was saying, I'm going to start putting myself in front of the line. And after I did that, everything changed. Everything it, changed. That is incredible. That is incredible. So tell me about what you're doing now. You started your own business. You're working with Athlete Soul. Miriam over there at Athlete Soul, she's absolutely amazing. Um, what, what was it like kind of going out on your own and saying, you know what? This one's on me, guys. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Nine months in, uh, Athlete Soul, Miriam and, and the crew there, I mean, the, wonderful. Right? I love their mission. I love what they're doing, just raising awareness for athletes transitioning. Uh, I, I think that's just one of the one of the big pillars for me that I do want to make sure that I'm still treading down and, and helping and serving, especially in the athletic realm. But nine months ago, I, I still am definitely working in the communication space, right? Serving leaders and working with you know the previous company that I was with, but now working more also in performance coaching, right? So thinking kind of the hybrid of not just comms, tech, but also working with athletes and uh, individuals that are transitioning, but still leveraging those skill sets that we've talked about and making sure that wherever they land next, they still have that belief that they've been here before and they can continue to lead. So now it's performance coaching, mindset, communication, developing discipline, while also serving athletes and transitioning. It's kind of a passion project, but more just, I mean, it's, it's ongoing. That's going to always be something I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just an easy con. That's a, it's just an easy yeah. conversation for you to have, right? That's yeah. That's not work. That's just hey, yeah, I'll tell you about what happened to me. Let me hear what happened about you, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I think like it's really important again for athletes to understand that. But I, 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 you know, kudos and congratulations on you know kind of starting up your own thing and doing this, right? Like it's it's difficult. <laughs> it's scary getting out there, right? Again, you don't have the as you said going out on the uh, you know up for up for your first you know at bat, let's call it when that first oh. presentation, but. Now there's literally no one behind you ever, right? Like it's, it's a little different. So I guess what, what are those, what have the first few months been like? What are, what are some of the successes? What are some of the failures? Like what are some of the things that you've seen that you're excited to improve upon? What are some of, some of the cool things that come with being an entrepreneur? Yeah, definitely embracing the, the failures a bit truly is the lean, like leaning forward, leaning into the failures to understanding, Hey, this is growth. You asked for this. Right, you ask for not having anything to do for a month and a half, then to having saying yes to all these things that you don't really know you're saying yes to, and it's taking up all of your time and not realizing where you need to spend your time. So that was kind of the first two or three months was I was all over the Dude, plate. you just you hung that slider like right over the middle of the plate. What did you expect to happen? Come on. I, right? What did yeah. you expect? Yeah. And and I think that realization early on. And then it was getting back into, okay, who are your people? Like, who is your starting five, as I like to call it, right? Like, who is your starting five? Who is my cheerleader? Who's going to build me up? Who's going to be my coach? Who's going to challenge me? Who's going to be the person that I look to for inspiration? Who's going to be the person that's going to give me no BS? Who's going to be my neutralizer? The person that knows, all right, Charlie's going, I need to 
I need to calm up. I, I, I need to g- give me my Zen, right? Like find your starting five and whatever you need to be your best self. And then once I was able to do that, probably after that first quarter, I was like, okay, okay. Now I'm starting to get back into my flow, my routine and build out all the things that I'm helping others with. I just got to listen to my own advice and listen to all of my starting fives advice. I like that starting five. I might have to build my own. That's uh, yeah. that's pretty sweet. Go back and listen to that one. Write all those down and fill in the blanks uh, next to each of those. I think that is awesome, man. Very cool. I appreciate that. Little little nuggets yeah. here and there, man. That's all we're here for. Yeah. Um, what like so so that that first quarter, as you said, was a little a little hectic or or not hectic enough, right? And yeah. then it got hectic, and then things went crazy, and you you know you're kind of figuring yourself out. I mean, what have the last six months looked like? What how you know who, how are you finding business? What are you doing like? Sure. Is your wife on your case? Like, hey, you got two daughters, man. Like, we're gonna need to make a couple dollars here. Like, what 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 is the the last six months of being slightly more successful at least look like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, ongoing, right? It's up and down. But I'd say the thing that I was able to commit to at the beginning of this year is what I told myself in being an entrepreneur. I don't even know what to call myself. This is again, like, I put founder, I deleted, I put entrepreneur, I put solopreneur. I don't even know what to call myself, which is part of my journey in entrepreneurship. That said. I wanted to create a couple of strategic partnerships that fit to my mission, my goal, so that if I can have a few partnerships that that help me, that bring clients to me, and I could show up, right, deliver their content, I can create my brand, my content, my company creatively and have fun with it. And I'm fortunate that those partnerships have, have, have worked out so far, right? My previous company, S&P, they've been wonderful, right? The Miriams of the world with Athlete Soul, right? other partners that have different coaching businesses that have been supporting me and guiding me and asking me to come help here and there. Like that's what's worked out to where now I'm nine months in. And as I joke with my wife, it's like, I think I'm planting all these seeds. It's all going to, it's all going to start to happen. And that's what the last month or two has done where it's like, Oh, now there's different avenues that I never even thought would have opened up. And that's awesome, man. I'm embracing it all right now so that I can learn what I want to do as I continue to build, you know, two year, one year, two years from now, five years, 10 years. I mean, I, I just had an awesome conversation, uh, last episode with Michael Ehrlich and, you know, yeah. he, he was kind of said like, half of it's learning what you don't want to do. Right. Like, so, so try all this stuff, have some fun, but once you figure out what you don't want to do, just kind of X that out. Hey, sorry. You know, it's, 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 it immediately, it's going to be even scarier, right? Because you're like, am I turning down business? What the hell am so, I doing? Like I should be able to take everything. But in reality, when you prune, a plant, a rose, right? It then grows prettier and bigger and nicer. So by taking away some of these things that while in the short term looks like, damn, I'm, I'm not, I'm taking money out of my pocket. This is a bad idea. In reality, you're actually leaving more time for you to do things that you want to do more, <laughs> which will then allow you to make more money because you're doing something that you're much more passionate about. Yeah. I like the, the spending time versus investing time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could spend go. all my time saying yes and doing some of these jobs or I can invest it into maybe something that is going to be more fruitful later, but also more so fit into my, like what I want to do and who I am, not just find my time being spent. How can I invest exactly. it? Exactly. It's like exercise. You can either spend your time exercising or you can realize that you're investing in yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's really not that hard. You can spend your money on vitamins and supplements or you can realize, actually, I'm just investing in myself. This makes more sense when you think about it like that. Yeah. So again, subscribe to that mindset a lot as well. Um, 
so I guess what's next? Like, what are what are what are the, cool. some of the things that? How do you try and evolve? How do you how do you try and plant these seeds? Right? Like, what is what is planting seeds look like? And and what is when a tree grows? How do you know if you want to chop it down or if you want to you know continue to water it? Like, how have you have you even made it that part of the business yet? Not quite, not quite. Uh, I would say that when it when it comes to kind of planting and figuring out where I'm at in the current state of the business and being nine months in. What's still serving? What fires me up? Like, when I look at my journal, as I mentioned earlier, and I write every single day at the very end, like, what am I? Rec- what is my lesson, and what am I going to do with it? What is my lesson? What am I going to do with it? Every day, I'm looking at that every month, and then three months to go. What am I writing about here? What am I writing about? And then I'm starting to see which some of those plants, those con- or seeds, those conversations where I'm like. I keep writing about this. I should probably think more about how I can create content or have more conversations with people in this space, right? working more with minor leaguers, major league teams, uh, working more with business owners that are starting their own side business or that are reporting to a larger organization, but they're running a team and they're building culture and we're having conversations about consistency. Like, oh, this fires me up. I want more of that. It's all in my 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 nightly routine i call it my closing routine as you'd imagine of what lessons am i getting every day and what am i doing with it at least you're i mean that's that's something very important for people to kind of reflect on right like take that it's five minutes it's not that long super easy right like take everything out of your head put it on a piece of paper you probably sleep better at night just for one you probably just sleep better because you're able to take all that stuff out you're not thinking on the pillow right you're able to throw that stuff out not throw it out but put it somewhere. Um, and then, yeah, as long as you're then being intentional about what was my lesson that I learned, and maybe you learn the same lesson a couple different ways, who cares? It's yeah. just the opportunity to take that out, put it somewhere. And sometimes it just hits different, right? There's certain people that say, you know, someone can say something to me a hundred times. One person can say it to me one time, just slightly different and be like, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why did I never think about it like that? Right. And it's just, just the way the energy works. It's just the way some people, you know, they connect with you a little bit better. Some, sometimes you hear something a little different. And actually, just it spins it just enough. So you're like, damn, that's really smart. And you know, your your mom or dad sitting over there, like, I've been telling you that for 20 years. Why'd you never listen to me then, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's where I'd say I'm at with with it is like understanding what those lessons can be via via myself, but then also my experiences. So that's where I'd say what's next. It's probably doing at the end of the year, probably a bit of a recall and acknowledgement to go, hey, yo, you just had a year of this. Congrats. And now, now what? Now let's chase this next version of what year two can look like. But let's reevaluate and look at the lessons that you've learned over this year. And then let's narrow it down even more. Right? This is kind of my year of saying yes and letting the universe tell me what it tells me and then rolling with it. I think next is getting very finite and, and, and focused with what I want, who I want to work with, and the types of orgs and people, which which is in motion. It's in motion. Hell yeah, man. That is absolutely fantastic, Charlie. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate you coming on, talking to us a little bit about baseball, coaching, business development, right? This is Sports Business Podcast. Let's see if I can remember what I'm supposed to say, where we talk about sports, we talk about business, and we talk about everything in between. Would you look at that? I think we hit the gamut there. Uh, Where can we learn more about you? Where can we learn more about... I don't even think we said the name of your business. That's terrible of me. Say the name of your business, please. I apologize. (laughs) Oh, good. No need to apologize. This has been fast 50 minutes. Uh, CLR Connection. 
CLR Connections. CLR Connection. The Instagram handle is Charles L. Ruiz. Literally my name. Also CLR. CLR Connection. We're connecting people, businesses, performers to who they are, but also keeping them accountable to what they actually do. Ooh, that's nice. Is that the tagline? Did you just come up with that on the spot? Or are you kind of working with it? I don't know. Oh, I like that. That's smooth, dude. I like that. Keep that. Keep uh, that. I mean, you know, play with it, see what works best. But like that was yeah, right on spot. Uh, but no, yeah. sincerely, Charlie, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Charlie Ru- Lu- Ruiz. How did I do that? Charlie Ruiz. Um, I'm going to go entrepreneur, business owner, founder of CLR Connection. Uh, all around great guy. That's what you should put. Just all around great guy. If someone sees that, who's going to be like, what? Like, I don't want to talk to this guy. Like, he's an all around great guy. That's terrible. No. Yeah. No more entrepreneur. Just all around great guy, Charlie Ruiz. Um, Man, this has been great. Sincerely appreciate it. I'll take all the website information, socials, everything will be in the show notes for everyone listening on the podcast, in the description for anyone listening on YouTube. But Charlie, I appreciate your time. Time's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you for giving me and the audience some of yours and thank the audience for giving yes, us some you. of theirs sincerely appreciate everybody but man this was great thanks so much appreciate man. it appreciate it thank you so much and that, again this was a quick 50 minutes great at what you do man i think thank you for the time and letting me speak that's that's all i'm here to do man i had a great time so i want to thank you one more but sincerely thank you bye everybody all righty <laughs>